Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right. Whether they're hellish or sublime, from shoebox to lovers in a dangerous time, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He left his hometown in the spring and turned his back on everything. It's my co-host, Evan. He said, you're the only one to recognize that I'm the son. So I bent down and kissed his feet. It's my co-host, Saker. I'm the son, Evan. I'm the son. I'm the baby. I'm the daddy. <laughs> Not the mama. Gotta love me. <laughs> oh, goodness. Dinosaurs. Yeah. They all died at the end of that, didn't they? Like- they did. At the end of Dinosaurs, there was an ice age in the final episode, and everyone died. Yeah. Fucking, what a balls-out way to end your series. Why not? Just series. Like, end your series with a middle finger. Do you think there's any other shows where the entire cast died as part of the ending of the series? I mean, every show, the entire cast dies. Because there are never any more things about them. So eventually, they all die. No, no. Like, when a character, when there stops, when you're an imaginary character. Right. And no one's writing anything about you, you're basically dead. When you're a god who everyone stops believing in, you don't exist anymore. <laughs> and John Connor... Of the Roseanne Connor family is a god. Not John Connor, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. What if you don't stop existing, though? So there's still, like, some weird, like, Neolithic gods out there that are still hanging around, but they don't have any worshippers, and no one even remembers who they are. That's sort of like a very Neil Gaiman-esque sort of... Are we talking about, like, Tim the Toolman Taylor, or are we talking about, like, Thor? Talking about Tim the Toolman Taylor. Okay. Because I don't think... Here's another thing you're not considering. Mm Because you're saying if writers aren't writing your next plot line, you're dead, right? For all intents and purposes. But... We don't know that somewhere in the course of Home Improvement, Mm -hmm. Tim Taylor didn't find the secret to immortality. It just wasn't shown on screen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But he's not having... I mean, he exists only in... It's like a... a observer effect sort of thing like he exists only when we can see him right but but what if they had dropped hints throughout the series but it wasn't explicit like oh hey i can jump off this building it's not a big deal and then (laughs) patricia says no you can't do that he says oh and he survives well yeah it's a hint it's a little hint it's like it's like unbreakable right tim the toolman taylor is never harmed yeah boy have i ever been sick i can't remember ever being sick Uh, that would be really fun to do gritty reboots of 80s and 90s sitcoms yeah. over and over again. That would be a blast. Yeah. What would be your first gritty reboot that you would make of a sitcom from the 90s? Ooh, Full House. Really? What? How would you grit it up? Everybody would... I don't know. Is there a lot like of like... Everyone's working through like all sorts of trauma from all the shit that they got uh, into? Yeah. And it's hard when you have like where like it's adults and children living oh, in close proximity because the grittiness is going to be weird yeah. sex, right? No. That's going to be how they so grit it I'm not going grimdark with this shit. You can okay. have it clean and be just, like, rough dealing with, like, personal issues. Okay. All right. That's fair. I, I, listen, don't look at me like that. Well, I mean, you could have, like, like a lot, there's lots of unresolved trauma. Like, it starts, like, Full House starts gritty, right? It yeah, starts, with, starts like, with, the with the death, death of, of Danny Tanner's wife. Yeah, that's true. And, and then they, the, they drop that fucking quick. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. So you think he should be forced to slowly deal with it over the course of the next seven seasons. should be rubbed in his fucking face. Yeah. He just keeps seeing reminders of her and breaking down in the middle of scenes. Like, what are we going to have for dinner, Dad? Uh, just these eggs. Like, Your mother you know, used to like, make it. Like Michelle and Michelle or Stephanie comes home from school and Danny is just sitting in a dark room. Just yeah, weeping <laughs> silently. Just staring off into space. Staring, yeah. Watching old home videos or something. Like, Fuck. Yeah, so it'd be like, it'd basically be full house, only... Danny can't cope. Oof. And it's called and, Empty House. And Joey is still has the exact same fucking comedy career, but he's floundering, right? Because in Full House, like he's supposedly like on the way up and he's a funny guy. Who's but he's not funny. Whose relation who who was Joey? Was he somebody's brother? No, it was it's just Danny's friend, I think. Because Jesse is expert. He's just Danny's friend. Jesse is his is his wife's brother. 
He was a friend who lived with them? Yeah. Oh, weird. Well, because he was sharing rent or something because he's a fucking comedian in sure. San Francisco. Sure. Yeah. So maybe Joey or Los Angeles has trouble. Joey has some trauma in his past. And so he can only speak well, through just, the puppet. Just, oh, okay. Joey's a man child, right? Sure. So he's he's trying to do this like comedy career, but he won't take it. He, he won't get a job. He won't do anything. So he's just freeloading off of all of them. So sure. that's where the that's where the drama comes from there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you don't think it should be that he's so... And then so- Jesse is a constant he con- a constant cheat. Like, he's just sure. bringing women home all the time. And Danny's like, dude, I don't want you to keep bringing strange women home. Right. I'm trying to raise three daughters. Like, And Jesse's like, raise them? You barely even see them. And like, it just <laughs> goes on like that. That's, that's my Grady Full House reboot. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Does that cover everybody? What about Rebecca Romaine Stamos? Oh, that was his, his cucked wife, I guess, in this well, universe. Well, they, they come... I mean, that's like four seasons down the road. Oh, right? really? And we're starting We're starting fresh with this. Was it... Jo- I don't know the time... You did the, the, uh, the whole album... Where everything was right. a full house thing, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, she comes in, like, second, third seasons. Like, okay. she's, she's a couple seasons in. Were there other characters who were added in, like, the seventh, eighth season of Full House? That... Kimmy Gibbler. Oh, sure. Kimmy's great. Yeah, not in the Gritty Reboot. No. <laughs> What's her problem in the Gritty Reboot? <laughs> well, I mean, her whole thing, Danny always thought she was, like, a negative influence on... DJ. DJ. But, like, what if she really was? Like, mm. she's, like, a, a delinquent... Okay. Who, uh, who she smokes? Who, she drinks. Who sells drugs on the side. Sure. Very yeah, illicit activity. Yeah. Okay. So Danny's like this push and pull, trying to keep. It's like a Breaking Bad scenario mm-hmm. where DJ is like shows up with all this money. Yeah. And he's like Danny's like, where'd you get that money? Well, you know, sort of this and that. But he's so beaten down by life that he can barely muster up the care to be like, all right, right. well, be safe, I guess. And you get this whole thing like Michelle is just being neglected this whole sure. time. Oh, and Stephanie's the middle child who gets no love. Well, Stephanie's like a like a constant. She pe- has to keep it all together. She's trying to constant. She's a constant peacemaker. Yeah, between yeah, them yeah. Because oh, DJ is like DJ is rebelling. Yeah. Like Michelle is, is yeah just looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, Jesus. Empty house, scary show. I don't <laughs> like it house. very much. <laughs> yeah, too spooky for okay, me. Okay, your turn. Okay. Uh, what do I, uh, um, Family Matters. <laughs> so That was an easy reach from Full House. Go on, Okay, though. fine. No, 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 no. Hold on. It should be A to C. So, A to B is Family, Family Matters. Matters. B to C, Muppet Babies. <laughs> A gritty reboot of Muppet gritty Babies? gritty reboot of Muppet Babies. So yeah. you'd have to do it with the puppets, obviously. There the was mu- no puppets in Muppet Babies. I know, there was a cartoon, but you'd have to, like, you'd have to do it with the Muppet, like, or, like actual Muppets. Sure. So these are... I think these these children have been taken taken by Nanny. They're not in her care. They are uh-huh. kidnapped, right? And it's like the Muppet world, too. So, like, Muppets are part of society, right? They're just, like, you'll, you'll pan across a crowd, and there'll be, like, 50 yeah. humans and then, like, four or five Muppets right. in the crowd, too. So they're just, like, part of society. Or, like, in the new Muppet movies, like, you can just have a Muppet kid, strangely. Sure. I think in this, in the gritty reboot. It's like red hair, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. In the gritty reboot of, of Muppet Babies, uh, all the Muppets are played by children, and Nanny is the only Muppet, but she's like this horrific, like, <laughs> whenever you, whenever you see... demon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And she only speaks in horrible shrieks that the children can understand. <laughs> so this is a real horror theme. I really like, I like where this is going. <laughs> Muppet Babies, yeah. And so the kids have their, their kind of... Uh, Imagination uh, play. But it's all Lovecraftian, sort of uh-huh. like, I saw tentacles in the basement. <laughs> yeah, that's my gritty reboot of Muppet Babies. Perfect. Yeah, boy, these would be great shows. Who do we pitch them to? Uh, how about this week's guest you know him as a guy who loves to make a movie it's harvey weinstein (laughs) what the fuck is wrong with you that's where your brain went i'm sorry we were talking about gritty reboots he's trying to rebuild his career (laughs) 
<laughs> after a lifetime. So he's on a bare naked ladies podcast. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, no, we don't have a guest. Just me and you, buddy boy. And we're gonna talk about a song this week. The song this week is called Baby Seat. And if you've never heard of it, here's a quick sample. Gravy sheet. Gravy sheet. Oh, you can't live your life in the gravy, gravy sheet. sheet. <laughs> can't live your life with a gravy sheet. You gotta get dirty sometimes. Oh, buddy. Let me tell you. Souvenirs of men who cheat those dirty sheets. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> but... I'm bend down and kiss your feet. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this was kind of a poppy little jam. I really liked it. Like the, like the intro guitar licks. It reminded me almost of like a Rolling Stones song. Like where you just kind of came in and it just like those sort of arpeggios that are peppered through like all of 90s rock like i kind of got that Mm, from this okay i really liked the intro okay i didn't here's what i didn't like i feel like i'm hitting my limit with this podcast (laughs) 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 the first line was you left billy with the kid and all this i I just said the intro when they start talking it's a different story (laughs) okay well that's true the drums were great but they were just like i'm talking about the guitar arpeggio and like that how they how they led into the song yeah i really liked that okay that was good but that first line i felt like i was being punked like a flash of anger surged through me (laughs) when he was like you left billy with the kid and i was like Fuck this stupid ass song and stupid ass Stephen Page and I hate this. It took me a second to calm down, but I thought that first lyric was so so bad. Like, hey, let's just drop a mid media res. Like, okay, who's Billy? Who's the kid? What are like fucking? Well, they're okay. never mentioned again. Tell me a, after yeah. the second line. Yeah, but and then they were gone. As they should be when you abandon your, your spouse, husband your and child, child yeah. or your yeah your partner and child. Yeah. Like, I suppose Billy could be a woman's name too. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it just, it, it upset me that it was so, so quick, but you're right. I mean, this story isn't about Billy and the kid. This story is about the partner, right? Yeah, finding themselves yes. or something, or finding, something. finding a facsimile of themselves. Let's go ahead. And if you would indulge me, I'm going to go ahead. And I run- always <laughs> indulge you. Why am I on this fucking podcast saker? <laughs> Let's run through the plot of I'm this. Like the fucking Pope in the <laughs> in late medieval era. Sure. Just full of indulgences. <laughs> I'm buying them. Uh, a woman walks away from everything she's known. So her husband, Billy, or her partner, Billy, and her child. Um, she, I think that she thinks of herself as a martyr here, right? So all the selfless yep. things you did with Billy. We don't know that she was selfless, but I think she thinks of herself as like, a, I suffered so long and for, mm-hmm. for all, and you know what? I'm just leaving. I'm done with this, right? right. So, I mean, she okay. didn't want to have a kid. She didn't want to be in a marriage. That's yeah. the thing. And she just felt sort of pressured by society and by billy i right. suppose and so then so we're seeing t- like a nervous break here yeah oh definitely tell me if you disagree with any of this because i think there's a lot of room for interpretation she decides to take a- I disagree that there's a lot of room for interpretation okay that's fine what did you think no i disagree there's a lot of room for interpretation whatever you say is true so was there a little oh okay oh good perfect <laughs> yeah, it's <I'm> canon. Not- <laughs> um she decides to take a kerouac style journey where she just like you know she goes on a, a yeah like a, a quest zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance sort of thing yeah she's, she's going cross country yeah um, and so during this journey, she meets another man, a cult leader. I said he's an inspirational speaker slash cult leader. Cause he says, 
<laughs> you're the only one to recognize that I'm the son. She said you're the only one to recognize that I'm the son. And then she bends down and kisses his feet. Uh, they fuck, presumably. Yeah, she, like, jo- she joins a cult, basically, is what it seems like to me. Yeah. So, but, and then there's more plot, but, well, let's get through the plot. Then uh, she has a bad experience. She gets lost somehow, right? She, she maybe it's mm-hmm. a metaphor where, like, you know, 40 days at sea, uh, you know, she's, she's lost in, in this journey. She renounces Jack Kerouac after having a bad experience, getting lost. And then in the third verse, she starts a new quiet life. Um, with the narrator with the narrator I don't know who that is though yes because we have the word us right well, yeah and he says you turned you said to me yeah you know, that sort of thing so he's so somebody <laughs> is relating this song about her sure yeah and the narrator doesn't show up until the bridge and then the third verse right I mean it shows up right away because he's always talking in second person no I'm saying the me oh like, the actual I don't, okay, the narrator yeah. doesn't enter the story until correct, the correct yeah correct. yeah right right um, yeah, so that's kind of... So here's a couple questions that I have initially in talking about the plot of this song. Who is the chorus to? Initially, it seems to be to the woman, right? Mm-hmm. The first chorus, you know, you can't live your life in the baby seat. You've got to stand on your own. It almost seems like uh, uh, emboldening her to leave her husband. Like, right. you can't just have this easy life. You've got to stand on your own. You've got to do what you need to do, kiddo. the woman sings it to the cult leader right right and then at the end who who's it being who is the chorus to i don't i wasn't sure what the fuck was happening with this chorus this song's a hot mess <laughs> yeah okay so you're able to recognize that yeah yeah, yeah like the like lyrically like from a structural standpoint like the lyrics are sort of nonsensical to me sure like i understand there's a general theme but i don't know how it fits within the context of the actual like hook like i like the story Mm -hmm. i think the story is interesting and we we, we're getting a glimpse of this woman's life a year or two in in the life of this woman or perhaps more than a couple years um but it just like and again we got patented bare naked ladies it's catchy as fuck that chorus is crazy catchy of course yes but you need i think you need more than catchiness you have to tell me a story like if you're going to tell me a story it's got to be comprehensible like humor the situation i get it i got it sell 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 rough like we keep i think we're, we're hitting well, like okay, choppy waters so, smooth waters choppy waters and then i think the next song we're kind of back to smooth waters a little bit um but we'll talk about that next week i mean i think that that she's sort of singing it to herself right the the chorus so she's continuing to find herself even though it's she's not taking the path of least resistance mm. ever ever okay so i think that's what that's her sort of through line yeah right she's trying to find herself no matter what it costs and how who it hurts, hurts basically yeah. so it's i mean it's a very selfish sort of impulse right but i mean it's also sort of at the top of like maslow's hierarchy of needs right she's got all of her needs met and she's just i mean if you're self-actualized you're kind of a shitty person actually. yeah yeah so yeah okay so i mean she's she gets sort of arty joins a cult then she realizes oh this isn't what i want but what she where she ends up is basically the same place that she started but we get the idea that she's sort of okay with that right because like they're living somewhere else they keep their opinions to themselves sure, so she's in like another sort of quiet not loveless marriage because right. they say they get occasional peaks at heaven so they're like this this, this is really good sometimes. i wondered what did you think that sneaky peek at heaven was 
But still we seek a sneaky peek at heaven when the working week defeats us. I think that, that, that I think that for me that was relating to the relationship. Oh, so every so often our relationship is good. It's yeah, a sneaky like, peek like, in heaven. Like I mean, like most relationships are just sort of like holding patterns and then like occasional good stuff and occasional bad stuff. And it's at the level the relationship's at. So their level, they have like a baseline that's like zero. And then sometimes they're up at a hundred and, you know, they don't really mention any negative times. See, I kind of, I read that differently because verse three, uh, now we're living well, somewhere Well, that's impossible. <laughs> You're right. Well, my opinions are canon. Oh, Yours. Okay. Now, we're, now we're living somewhere else. We keep opinions to ourselves. But still we seek a sneaky peek at heaven when the working week defeats us because they don't get it. They seek this sneaky peek at heaven, right? So I can't, I feel like it's like, they they take their chances on the like we got she understands balance right mm-hmm. during the week I got to do what I got to do I have to have a job mm-hmm. I have to I can't fuck off and leave my husband and children again right but then during the weekend maybe I'll go on a bender maybe I'll take a lot of hard drugs maybe I'll drink a shit ton maybe I'll okay. have casual sex working for the weekend I get it yeah and I think that's her the the sneaky peek at heaven that she might seek in this song uh, the the week beats her down and she's she's lover boy right, working so- for the weekend. Please uh, in, uh, include the final line of that stanza in this. If you think growing up is tough, then you've just not grown up enough, baby. If you think growing up is tough, then you're just not grown up enough, baby. So do you think that actually is germane or relevant to the song? Or it's just like, ooh, that's a really clever line we figured <laughs> out. Let's just throw that in. Well, here's Because it's a great line. It's a great line. Here's what's hard is that I think you could read it either way. If you think growing up is tough, you haven't grown up enough because growing up is easy. Or if you think growing up is tough, you haven't grown up enough because growing up is tougher than tough. It fuck, it's the worst. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard. I think it it reads better when you say like, oh, growing up's easy because if you think it's hard, you haven't done it enough, right? But I think you could read it the other way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it means nothing because there's no context to read it in, right? That This song is a story song. Where the story jibbles around and falls apart a little bit, and therefore the lyrics are like, mm, I don't know, it's whatever. It's still a good song, though. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Got, unfortunately, Evan, <laughs> I have the canon interpretation, in which it's not. No, that's fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that last line. I don't know. Did you ever read for that last line? I no. Okay. That's why I asked you. Like it was. Okay. It came. It. I mean, it was a good line, and I think it fits the tone of the song, mm-hmm. if not necessarily the. Because, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to read songs. You can, like, read them like text and try and have a narrative through line. Or you can read them like poetry or songs and look for, like, metaphors and, yeah. you know, things like that. So I think I think it definitely fits within the tone of the song. If I'm coming at this like, yeah. this is the kind of feeling I want to evoke with this these lyrics and this song, sure. then it makes perfect sense. Sure. And it's it's hard because I, I we... <laughs> It's unreal how much we've talked about Cat Blackard. But what like Cap said, our final seven songs are story songs, yeah. you know? I think it's much easier to read as a poem when you have a song like Falling for the First Time, mm-hmm. where we don't have characters and arcs that they're going through, right? But when we have, you know, people we're building up for a certain purpose, I feel like we have to bring them to well, a place. This song makes more sense than like same thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, what do you want? I don't know what. That's not a story song. So as far it's as like a... as far as like a nonsense to sense, like this is like on the lower lower percentile, like yeah. lower half of the spectrum. But yeah. I think it's like a it's a solid 40, 30 percent making sense. Like, yeah, it's touching. It's yeah. touching that baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Certainly. 
Um, I do. Speaking of that final line, I love, 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 love. Because the lyrics to the song are whatever, but Steve is like, he sounds effortless. Yes. He sounds like fucking butter on this song. Yeah, he's, he's cutting through. He's He puts it on the table here and then yes. like takes a shit for the next song. <laughs> but the way he says like, uh, you just not grown up enough, baby. <laughs> it's like a classic slide and there's that pause before uh-huh. it. Fuck, it's fun. That, it's like, so good. During the chorus, like the slight distortion on Stevie P's voice really does it for me. Yes, me as well. I thought like, that was great. Yeah, but I'm a '90s, I'm a '90s rock guy. So yeah. I mean, this song sounded less like BNL and more like like a Toad the Wet Sprocket or Ooh. even like a. It's just it just didn't or like a tragically hip song like it didn't sound. Those are bands my sister was into when I was in elementary school, and I think I heard a little bit of secondhand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, would I like a whole album of these? Not really, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is aged well, and I think it's a good palate cleanser. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, I, you're right. I think I like musically, I like it a lot, too. Um, we have some really cool, there's a great, the musical standout of this song for me, Ty's drum fill after the chorus. That's fucking, the musical like, standout. Phil Collins level. <laughs> <laughs> It felt good. I was into it. But there's a lot of fun stuff on this song. There's um, right after uh, uh, Steve says she saw him later in the street, Kev does a little like riff and then Ed does the same riff on the guitar. Yeah. Like they're playing with oh, each yeah, other. Yeah. It's just, it, it's classic b his retreat, she saw him later in the street. She said, they're having fun. They're playing. These boys are good boys they are good boys <laughs> they serve chocolates and peppermints all the time <laughs> sweet meats fed to them by the finest i don't know i think that the, like the the idea of and this is something that i've come across in my peer group and the past and the future is like people ch- thinking that like changing their scenery mm-hmm. will somehow change them sure so it's like oh yeah okay fresh sure. start i'm moving to a new city like i'm gonna get a apartment i'm gonna do this i'm gonna this time this time is gonna be good and sure. I think like realizing that you know just putting yourself in a different like transplanting yourself in a different place like sure. yeah the roots might be different but yeah. you're still gonna be the same plant yeah. bud yeah like you gotta change yourself yeah yeah and that's uh i think that's what she realizes at the yeah. end yeah i do i this character is i think a younger i i picture i mean i have a What's wonderful about the the structure they've built is that I have a clear picture of this character. Mm-hmm. She's a young woman, right? In my head. I don't know how yeah, I think true she married, that is. I think she married young, had a kid, like, before yeah. she found herself. Yeah. Like, you know. Exactly. People grow apart. People grow together. Yeah, that's true. And sad and true. Not sad. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Um, you just got to look back and think about the good times and be happy you had even those. Oh, boy. Look at you, Zen Master Dickon. Fair enough, I guess. Hey, man, I'm not... I'm not there yet. I'm just okay, like, that's, that's right. That's what you should that's do. My, that's that's yeah, my ideal self, right? Uh, this is the final Duffy Page jam ever. <gasps> yeah. this <laughs> Duffy's Muffies? Duffy's Muffies. I'll never taste a Duffy Muffy again. Stephen Duffy, Stephen Page. Um, so let me, let me list all the Duffy Page jams for you. And you can tell me whether this collaboration was for better or for worse. This song. Okay. Good, better? A- alcohol. Uh, obviously better. I'll be that girl. Pretty good. Call and answer. Yeah. Uh, I live with it every day. Uh, okay, that's my favorite song. Uh, Jane? Yeah? Everything Old is New Again? Yep. Alternative Girlfriend? Yeah. The Wrong Man Was Convicted? Uh. <laughs> the wrong. So like, I'd say like 80, 90% jams for me. Yeah. Uh, after this, they had a, a policy of only in-house ladies 
writing songs. Oh, so fine. yeah, they they ditched Duffy. I bet that was album. like the rest of the band pushing back. Probably like, hey, bud. Kev, Kev's like, I need I need some credit, and I, Jim's like, <laughs> I want to do some crazy shit. <laughs> I wonder how much of it is like I have ideas. And how much of it is, let's stop splitting our royalties with Stephen Duffy and split it five ways instead of six or whatever it is. I don't know. Like, there's, they just don't seem like money motivated to me. Although, like, that, that's been sort of the impetus between the, the bad feelings between Ed and Steve. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think of them as, as not greedy you people. You just told me they were good boys. I did. And just because you like money doesn't mean you don't deserve fudge. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do, you, do you think it makes them bad boys if they want their money? I don't know. If they want to work a daily job and get paid. It, it definitely, it definitely like undermines their artistic cred to me. Uh, if, if like they're yeah. like, obviously Paige and Duffy write good shit together. Yeah. So if you're like, well, you know, I could, if they're doing it just for the money, but if they're doing it because other bandmates want more input into the writing process, sure. that's a different animal for sure. me. Well, and, and it's on this album that we get our first Kevin Hearn track, yeah. which is great. And then on the next album, Everything to Everyone, um, yeah, we have songs written by, yeah, Kev, Jim, and then oh, Jim, Kev, Steve, and Ed all wrote a song together on the next album. Nice. I'm very excited. Yeah, the next album is Everything to Everyone's a fun one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that I'm kind of happy they dropped him because like, I like probably half of those. Call and Answer is whatever mm, to me okay. everything old is new again and the wrong man was convicted or both like whatever but then again i live with it every day one yeah. of my faves alcohol i fucking love that yeah alcohol's fine i feel like anybody could have written alcohol but they didn't <laughs> it had to have been duffy's muffies that's You're right, right. <laughs> um yeah musically again like i was saying uh i almost like 95 percent. i think the only thing i didn't like was that the vibe uh pad that kev is using sounds a little outdated to me mm -hmm. it sounds kind of 70s 80s but i thought it was yeah, fine it's fine there's like that when the line he said you're the only one to recognize that i'm the sun there's like this weird wah, 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 hiss, there's wah, like a hissing wah. noise oh hiss, really like wind noise too oh i like the wah wah on the keyboard after that yeah. line but then i didn't hear the hissing i'm gonna have to listen he said you're the only one to recognize that i'm the sun Like after that, but we still sneak a sneak. Uh, we still seek a sneaky peek at heaven mm -hmm. when the working week defeats us. There's like a computer startup noise from like the ninety, like a boom. But still we seek a sneaky peek at heaven when the working week defeats us. From like the nineties. I didn't hear any of this. Yeah, maybe. I am imagining <laughs> Maybe things. there were computers starting around you no, at the I mean, same time every time, time. Yeah, you listen to odd, that that'd be, odd, that'd be odd, but you know. Do you know, I used to have a, um, do you remember All the Things She Said by Tattoo? All the things she said, all the mm -hmm. things she said. I had a version of that that for some reason had an uh, AOL instant messenger, the sound of a door closing, uh -huh. like your, one of your friends signed off, built into the track. And every time I would listen to it, I would check. I researched it many years later. Mm -hmm. Whoever ripped it, ripped it with a program where it was ripping all sounds from their computer when they ripped the oh. CD. And that became the most shared version on Napster. Huh. So most people who have that song have like an AIM door closing sound. Huh. Yeah, in their in their thing. So yeah, very, very weird. Do you think he got like writing credit? <laughs> the guy who wrote the AIM door sound? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, they do some interesting production. I mean, Don was mm -hmm. doing interesting production shit. 
the guitar is just coming through the left channel and the keys are just coming through the right channel. I don't know if you noticed that, but no. it's cool. Like it sounds great. I don't know if it adds or subtracts, but it makes it stand out, mm-hmm. which is neat. This is one of those like, cause it was an alternative rock song. I remember hearing this song a lot and this is like one of, this is something that has happened to me a couple times. Well, actually many, many times is when I go back to listen to a song that I listened to before, that's like an alternative rock song, right. I'll be it gin blossoms or green day or counting crows or anything like that or like Nirvana, I always remember it having a much faster tempo than it actually has. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. Like, so I'll go back and I'm like, this song feels like it's lagging. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not, the song's exactly the same. Like they're not slowing things down. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or are they? The Mandela. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, cause yeah, this song, this song is kind of an ambling tempo. Mm-hmm. This song is very. Well, no, much it's got a, it's got a rock tempo. I just remember rock tempos being a lot faster in the day, even though they weren't. Hmm. Maybe life was faster for me when I was little. <laughs> I hopped up on uh, your balls, your gooberries, or whatever uh, you, you know ate for me. breakfast. You know my gooberries. <laughs> you love gooberries. It's like a like a Crash and Crunch Crunchberry cereal, but inside the Crunchberries are gushers. gushers. Yes, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> gooberries. That sounds delicious. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Great harmony on the chorus here. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since this sort of classic fucking BNL mm-hmm. harmony. Uh. And even when they do their like, they change the the chorus from "Don't Admit Defeat" to just like "Ah." Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. It's great. I think musically, the song is wonderful for me. Lyrically, the song is horrible for me. So, like, this is a weird, like, Hmm. half and half scales are are tipped kind of song. Yeah, musically, it was great for me. Lyrically, it was eh for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, This song uh, uh, ends on a weird positive note musically that dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Like, it's very, like, simple. Like, they're practicing scales or something at the end of the song. And it's such a bad song to end on a happy note because I feel like the song isn't, the story isn't resolved. Mm -hmm. Then again, what the fuck is the story? But like, okay, I've learned how to do things okay, but still. I've learned how to do things okay. I'm still telling myself to not be in the baby seat. So maybe one day I'll run away again. Like, I I don't don't know. I I think she accepts that life is sort of a process, right? You're never, there's never an end, there's never an end point. Ev, can I pitch you a plot for this song? Yeah. Here's what I think might be going on in this song. Yeah. First verse, same as we already read it. Mm-hmm. Woman has a life she's complacent with, but doesn't love. Mm-hmm. So she runs, right? She runs. She gets caught up with a cult, but quickly realizes that this cult is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? In a last ditch attempt to keep her with the cult, the cult leader shows her the device, <laughs> codenamed Baby Seat, okay? Oh, this device okay. is a cell phone that allows you one-on-one communication with god but is it god because the person in the cell phone can predict like future events and stuff but maybe Mm. it's just that they have some understanding maybe they have a superpower maybe it's not god maybe it's someone who is just really lucky right Mm -hmm. so shit goes down she kills this cult leader steals the device and escapes by boat 
she gets lost at sea. For 40 days, she's lost at sea. She, she prays to God through the device for forgiveness and to be saved. She, she says, you know, if you save me, I'll renounce my old life. So cell phone has like an endless battery? Oh, yeah. It's oh, powered by divine energy. Absolutely. The baby seat. Absolutely. Uh, he tells her, God tells her the secret of the baby seat. He says, that's fine. But the secret of the baby seat is each time you use it, it ages you. Not physically, but spiritually. It hastens your death right? Uh So he grants her reprieve. She settles to a quiet life, but even knowing it is killing her, sometimes she still sneaks, seeks a sneaky peek at heaven. She still calls God knowing that this will hasten her death when the working week is over, just so she can get a chance to speak with God again during her. See, I thought the baby seat when you described it was some sort of like chair that you were like hooked into and it's got the electrodes well i didn't want to and it allows you to relive like biblical biblical events that's interesting and because she's looking for uh so exactly as you described okay all the way up to where the guy introduces the baby seat Uh so it's like one of those where he opens the room and there's just a chair in there like a creepy little chair sure and sure it's got some like fucking symbols on it or something yeah so you get strapped in there and then then your brain gets opened up to god okay and so it's like you want to find yourself strap in sure makes it harder to steal and take on the ocean but yeah i'm into that well she's reliving like a biblical scene so she's oh. she's noah or something i see because you mean you because that's how she sneaks the seeks the sneaky peek mm-hmm. because she you can't have, really like, perfect faith right sure sure yeah absolutely and that's that's a lot less ambiguity though we know that there's some biblical thing going on there as opposed to or maybe it's just some sort of like cocktail of drugs they pump into her system to okay. make her okay like the god molecule now here's the deal i think baby seed is definitely an acronym yes big <laughs> let's do it let's do it word by word okay, okay. you go first big animalistic <laughs> baritone you shitty help an (laughs) e-word oh no uh everybody always today (laughs) big animalistic baritone you shitty help everyone always today i mean yeah i like that let's go the other order (laughs) but tita tita no no i start with b okay so um uh um uh blast all brain you sometimes eat apples truly well fuck neither of yeah, these just, sense. we're not very good <laughs> all right i did i did put periods after the letters in baby c but i didn't come up with what it stood for um yeah so yeah i think that makes a lot i like that reading a lot better is that she steals a device from a cult leader and takes it with her to seek a sneaky peek at heaven. Sounds good. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's why, you know, if you think growing up is tough, you haven't grown up enough. Because, like... like, Yeah, she's renouncing all this artist stuff because God tells her to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's like hippy-dippy stuff. Oh, okay. God and Bob Dylan, I guess. So not that God demanded it in return for saving her from the sea. No, she's like, what's the point of, like, finding... I found myself, so I don't need all the romantic crap. And also, like... I guess the Bob Dylan song "She Belongs to Me" isn't really in her list, her playlist anymore. Yeah, we did. We we kind of glossed over that in the lyrics, but uh, yeah, they they reference Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm an artist. Don't look back as a reference to uh, some Bob Dylan. She song. belongs. To she me. belongs to me, right? Yeah. yeah. Make it back.
actually the opposite. Bob Dylan's somebody who I've never been able to like stomach. I can't get in. It's like, just he is, his voice. Yeah, exactly. He's like objectively an amazing songwriter. And yeah. like lyrically he's on point, but like, God, that like droning voice. Yeah, it's rough. It's weird because like Tom Petty has the same thing, but I like him. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Famous. Yeah. Famous vampire yeah, just hunter like Tom Petty. Vampire or, yeah. or werewolf. Werewolf. Yeah, werewolf yeah. band. That's right. Yeah. Um I think Bob Dylan's a mummy. Mm, An unwrapped mummy. That could be. I think Bob Dylan might be a creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> They're all universal monsters <laughs> all the way down. I love the vibrato on the keys on the final chorus. Mm-hmm. Thought it was great. Kev's piano tinkling is nice on the bridge, but the bridge itself is very dumb. And that's all I really have on Baby Seat. Uh, what did you have anything else that you thought was was uh, important to say about this song? No. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, very good. Can no, I? No. Can I give you my YouTube comment of the week? Yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, this is from Putty in the Hall. One year ago. For a while, I thought the lyrics were, you can live your life in the papacy, <laughs> which I enjoy so much more. In yeah. The papacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, be... it, it goes with like the religious themes of the song. 100%. I think Putty in the Hall's got it. Maybe, do point. you think the guy she met, she went to like, she went to Italy and met the Pope? Oh my God. And she was like the kissed Pope's. Kissed his feet. Kissed his feet. And like the, she was like the Pope's secret lover on the side for oh. a while. Oh man. That's awesome. I love that. Sure. Uh, I mean, this could kind of relate back to. Um, been like. John Paul? Yeah, it could be. Uh, what's the song? Uh, uh, Jack, Jack. <laughs> that one was a, 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 a denouncement of, of Christianity, wasn't well, it? It was a denouncement of a specific brand of Christianity. Yeah, like okay. People who believe without any sort of interrogation of the actual sure. themes within sure, the religion sure. they're espousing. Yeah, okay. The religious right, I think, is what it was I think we might of. have been reading too much into that song. Jack. <laughs> Uh, well, can you remember the fucking title? Alan Denton, Sonic Boom. The uh, song was I Know. I Know. No. Okay, I got it now. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Ev, hmm? do you mind telling me what Harry Potter character this is yeah. about? The key to the song is, of course, Billy. Oh. There's only one Billy in harry potter actually there's probably a couple but and that would are be, we counting williams that would be william weasley oh billy Weasley. bill weasley okay who was born november 29th 1970 you know who else was born in 1970 who Steven. jim ed <laughs> two of them and stevie p oh my god yeah three, three of the five three of the five were born in 1970 hot damn are so, you telling me that Bill Weasley could have been a very good lady had his life taken a different course? Yeah, I mean, the band needs a wizard. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. But this song isn't about Bill Weasley. Okay. It's about his wife, Fleur Delacour. Okay. Famous witch and one quarter Vila. One quarter, like Bob Vila? I wish. <laughs> okay. Vilas are like super attractive women who can also turn into harpies. Oh, is this a Harry Potter thing or a yes, mythology? Yes, yes, it's a thing. And they can also shoot fireballs when okay. they're angry. <laughs> yeah, cool. So I guess her grandmother was a Vila. Uh huh. A Bob Vila, and okay. she was super good at home repair. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, she um, she ends up marrying uh, Fred or Bill. Right. But not not after sort of a rough courtship. Not between them per se, but uh, like. Is this the one where there's a huge age gap between the two? No. I'm thinking no, no. Uh, Tonks, Tonks and yeah. Remus. Yeah. yeah. No, this is where, like, she goes and, uh, um, like, they're kind of dating. Uh, and she goes to spend the summer with the Weasleys in the borough. 
mm-hmm. uh, the same summer that Harry's spending there. And that's this is important. It'll come back later. Okay. So uh, during that summer, Ginny and uh, Molly Weasley are just shits to flirt. But also flirt is kind of a stuck-up shit to okay. begin with. So they both hate her. Uh, Ginny actually makes up... Uh, Nicknames, rude nicknames for her. Oh, I see. Can you so, think of any of them? Flem. Oh, nice. Flem no, Delacour. It's not that rude, but fair. I mean, it's rude for Harry Potter, yeah, okay. right? So they never tell her. But um, so the Ginny and uh, Molly come around on her after the battle of like Astronomy Tower, where Fleur like cares for uh, Bill after he's wounded by Fenrir Greyback. Uh huh. Um, he doesn't turn into a werewolf, but he likes rare steaks now, I guess. Okay. So that's not the point. So. Um, <laughs> What is the point of? The point is <laughs> Harry Potter, I guess, is all about broken marriages. Okay. <laughs> because here we go again. We see Fleur. She's, you know, she marries young. She marries right out of fucking high school, basically. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, for a wizard, I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you think they have magical prophylactics? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine they don't. So she has kids with Billy. She leaves Billy with the kids. She she leaves. She's like, wait a second. I am the best I ever was. Why am I still in this stupid relationship sure. with this Weasley? So she heads out. Um, and remembers if you'll remember back to when Fleur was introduced the Goblet of Fire right Harry actually rescues her sister uh-huh. or actually demands that her sister be brought up uh, the kids were never in actually da- in any danger apparently uh, when they were under there getting attacked sure. by Grindelows or what Grindelows or whatever the fuck it is but the wizard the adult wizards didn't tell the kids that right because I mean they're basically just training child soldiers right at this point yeah. right they're just putting them through like <laughs> horrifying and they I think Voldemort not Voldemort uh, Dumbledore did that on purpose Dumbledore <laughs> yeah because Dumbledore is the real villain here sure. right I mean because he's like brutalizing these kids yeah uh in the context of like showing like teaching them stuff yeah and uh, they come out a small army ready to fight yeah but i mean he's kind of a rough character because he knows what's coming and he's like okay i gotta toughen these kids up by subjecting them to horrible punishments but then i guess the goblet of fire i'm getting off on a tangent but the goblet of fire is something they do every like four or five years anyway bizarre yeah Yeah, so let's fight some fucking dragons but anyway uh kisses fleur kisses harry on the cheek that's the moment click fleur runs away from bill finds of course harry potter harry potter recently divorced from hermione if we are recently divorced from Ginny, as we talked about earlier like he's drinking in a bar like uh, he's got he's running to fat he's got a gut now like he's no one's buying a drink but then she sees him and that spark just clicks again okay and so he's the she's the only one who will recognize him as the boy who lived the the son sun. yeah right so they they start like this like potter cult together (laughs) um it goes I guess it goes pretty well it's, for a little bit. It's yeah. hard because he is a very messianic, like he's a messianic figure in the right. In the and I mean, she, world. if you remember during the battle of seven Potter, she was, she was one of the ones who turned into Harry Potter oh. and she got to feel what it was like to be in his skin. <laughs> I see. Okay. Right? <laughs> so she's like, she's like, I've been you. I feel, okay. I feel, I feel very close to you. So yeah, I mean, Bill's off in Egypt, never home with anybody. Like, sure. yeah. So, uh, basically she, uh, and they move. They have a quiet life in the su- in the yeah. wizarding the suburbs in, after that. Surrey or something. Sure. Who fuck okay. cares? Okay. Interesting. So how does that? Uh... It's like a what was that stupid, the magicians, the Lev Grossman book. Okay. It's basically Harry Potter, but everyone's a piece of shit. Okay. And everything sucks. <laughs> That's your grim reboot of Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, I, I read I read three quarters. I'm like, oh, it just just relentlessly shitty, isn't Yikes. it? Okay. okay. But I mean. Every- Everyone likes it. It's uh, super popular. Okay. Got a Netflix series. So, oh, really? Yeah, doing way better than I'm doing. So okay. you know, maybe, maybe I'm just jealous. Um, the baby seat in this case refers to her living with Bill. 
The babysit refers to the carriage that uh, Harry Potter was in when Voldemort shot lightning Jesus at him or some Christ. shit. Okay. <laughs> it refers to the pram that he was delivered in sure. to uh, the Dursleys. That all checks out. Um, it refers to the three kids she left with Bill. Yeah, that, okay. Oh, you can't live your life looking at the babysit. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get away from these children. You'll never have another child with Harry Potter. Yeah, and I mean, she's, like, got magical blood. She's she's hot shit. Yeah, perfect like, she's, for each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's who it should have been. Yep, she's another person who was uh, overlooked. Yeah. Ev, yeah. let's overlook this song <laughs> as we rate it. <laughs> Now's the time in the show when we rate this song. We'll rate it on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed. The better this song is, the fewer clothes it wears. The worse this song is, the more clothes it wears. Ev, with your indulgences, my papacy, I would like to go first. Oh, please. This song for me, on its feet. It's got jandals. Jandals. On its legs. It's got cargo shorts. Okay. On its torso. It's got a white t-shirt. That's it. That's it. it. (laughs) This song is so middling to me that Uh it becomes like basic. I don't have a story this week. I don't have a like... This song to me is just a dude in cargo shorts and white t-shirt. Like it's like music is good. Good Mm -hmm. to good to great story is bad to fair Mm -hmm. and the song middles out to being like a bare naked ladies track like it's fine it's good it has nothing it's you know what it is it's that dude from the uh the uh the had to do it to him meme where he's just like a a douchey looking frat bro uh uh, a backwards hat on yeah 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 yeah. wearing wearing just uh ready to board ready to board the banga bus um what did you think? Please make it longer than mine. One of the joys of parenthood for me has been sort of exper- re-experiencing like sort of stuff that made me nostalgic as a kid. So yeah. I'm looking forward to doing a lot of stuff with my son that I did as a kid, like read the same books, okay. watch the same shows. Like we watched like Fraggle Rock together That's and things fun. like that. Hey, I mean, he's still, he's only two and a half, so he's not really that into it. But one of the things we're doing now, but what it does is it makes me remember when I was a kid and how much fun I had doing right. this sort of shit. Um, one of the things that I'm not enjoying now with him is potty training. Okay. Right. So he's, you call it the baby seat. Well, he does have a little baby seat that okay. he sits on on the toilet. Like it's a little smaller toilet sure. hole sure. because he would just fall in if we put sure. him on the toilet with a normal one. So, but one of the things about the baby seat, uh, the potty training in general is that a lot of the time he doesn't have pants on anymore. Okay. So, um, he's, wearing underwear or something like that but you know you only have so many sets of underwear and it's easier just to like have him pantsless or even naked um so it's my son okay naked mm-hmm. uh i'm trying to get him to pee i'm, I'm offering sure, him no m&ms shirt. totally naked totally naked totally naked he's real cute i love him a lot of nostalgia in there mm-hmm. but like there's nothing like attractive i'm not like a tra- <laughs> like like so this is i feel i have this really... song is not how the rating is not how sexy we think i know but like it, I think we often it's definitely relate. Im, it's definitely implied, heavily implied. <laughs> we relate sex to these reviews, but so it's like, not. yeah, I mean, we're Americans, right? <laughs> sure. Taking off clothes is a prelude for sex, right? Sure. Otherwise, you should be sure. wearing your completely buttoned up, like Puritan <laughs> okay. hat and uh, like collar and everything, sure. and your little buckled shoes. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, this song's pretty naked for me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we'll say he's got he's got like a shirt on or something like that a shirt and then no pants okay um and i feel really warm to this song because it was sort of nostalgic for me like it brought me back to all the 90s rock songs i listened to and loved 90s or 90s early aughts i should say and so you know i really liked this song a lot yeah and but it isn't like one that's like gonna 
day with me. You won't remember 50 years from now when you're 100 or whatever. Well, he'll be, a different, he'll be a different person, right? I mean, I'll remember like the baby stuff, but it'll all be in my memory. He won't be a baby 50 years from now. He'll, sure. He'll be a, presumably a well-adjusted adult that I enjoy spending time with and enjoy sure. spending time with me. I mean, sure. that's like the ideal parent. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One would imagine. That's a win condition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I guess I, uh, yeah, I can see that. So the song is Shirt No Pants, also two years old. Two and a half. Two and a half. My apologies. And I love it very much. <laughs> okay. Very good. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Barenaked Ladies podcast. Hey, Evan. Take your nightmare vitamins. <laughs> I was planning on it. I usually take them at night. Take them during the day. Really? It's a real trip, bud. Do they have daymare vitamins as well? No, night. you can have a nightmare during the day. It's called a daymare. Well, I suppose it's still it's a mare of day, some sort. Daymare is a dumb Where does that? Where's the etymology of nightmare? I think it's because, and this is something I vaguely remember. Uh-huh could be wrong uh-huh it does have to do with horses yes really I think so i think so because it's like a you're riding like some sort of like dark horse through because it was like all like witches and shit uh-huh. you know like they would come in and you know the hag would ride your dreams and things like that so Jesus. i think you're like riding on this dark horse with a hag but again this is something i may have heard in a story somewhere <laughs> so it's not necessarily true <laughs> i like it it's much more poetic That's why i take my nightmare vitamins every night so i can have a good old artisan crafted nightmare mm-hmm. made for me by my good friend dylan welch oh what's the latest nightmare you had oh whoa <laughs> Mine is about my infant son drowning. Yeah, that's that's always a good one. Like, like, like that's an easy reach though. Is like yeah. reaching for like the parental stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm scared. Like, I, my most recent nightmare about my son was that like, I he got hurt. I took him to the hospital, and it wasn't like a it, like sprained his leg or something. And then they like took him away for something to like for an X-ray or something like yeah. that. I come back and he's got like a stitched up scar on his head oh, and i'm like Jesus. what the fuck did you just do to him what did you do to him and he's just got like blank stare sort of drooling and i'm like what did you just lobotomize my fucking son that's a terrifying fu- i just woke up like crying and screaming i'm sorry but it's so funny like well this kid's gotta be lobotomized his legs hurt too bad this will take away no, his i think pain. there was like some sort of like evil doctor involved too like it wasn't necessarily like what hospital was it uh dublin methodist, methodist. <laughs> yep that famous famous for uh child it's mad scientists mad scientists mad cypress yes absolutely Wee. i'm sorry that's cypress what are you doing Don't you know the cypress hill song where they just have the high-pitched line <laughs> that they play the whole time have yeah, you ever heard that one? Absolutely, yeah. Name name a Cypress Hill song. Insane in the membrane. Wee! Insane in the membrane. That's not how it sounds to you. Are you a dog? <laughs> Do you, did Cypress Hill put a dog whistle in there? A racist dog whistle in Insane in the Membrane? Ah, who knows? I probably wouldn't be racist. Cypress Hill, I don't think Cypress Hill is an anti-racist dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Cypress Hill's That's where you're like referencing Nelson Mandela <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Just bring Insane up, just like, <laughs> just bring up like Harriet Tubman a couple times. Sure. Uh, speaking of Harriet Tubman, or bathing. Uh, the good, the bad, and the geeky, or GBG, is back. Gerberg. This very long-running pop culture podcast has new movie reviews with hosts Nick Argenbright and friends. They break down everything you need to know with all their nerd cred and witty insight. It also features live game show games like Judge Jimmy. What's their nerd cred? Uh, well, you know Nick Argenbright. 
I mean, he was the original Doctor Snake on the Fantastic Four Thank reboot. Yeah, I get that. Say. Yes, the original one in the reboot. It's very important to make well, sure. Well, he was the only one who came back from the original yes. uh, Masks series yes. that, that uh, John Waters did in the 1960s. Nick Argenbright was the first man to win Nick Arcade. He went oh. through all of the challenges. Olmec told him he did a good job and he, he won. was the only kid on Do you remember Kids Court on Nickelodeon? No. Was it like Judge Judy for kids? Basically. Wow, wow, wow. He would they would try it was like some fucking kid like Stephanie stole my comb. Yeah. You gotta give it back. So but they would judge and at the end you would be able to come up and like shout your like prop like parents won't let me watch television after bedtime <laughs> and, and then the host would get the host would go fair or unfair and all the kids would go unfair <laughs> it was just like call and response but nick argenbright was the only kid who had his parents called out as fair, fair. <laughs> my parents won't let me my parents cats. won't let me wear a mask to my <laughs> communion fair <laughs> weird uh, wear anyway. this mask and he like pulls out like a dead cat <laughs> That's, you, should, uh, what, you don't listen to what I say, but sometimes it, it subliminally goes in your brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to love that when you listen back to this. <laughs> uh, they're live game shows like Judge Jimmy, which is where that the happens. Kids court, they yes. just redo the kids' court. DJ meets He just Bro keeps reliving the same thing over <laughs> yeah. again. He just keeps rehashing. He's like, see, the thing I, I wanted to wear the mask because... <laughs> the problem was my parents were not being fair. DJ meets Bro I don't think I, I don't think you understand kids like who, who trusts 60 kids to tell them what's going the, the whole kids courts is sham can you tell me what dj meets bro code what game show that is dj meets bro code <laughs> yeah that's a that's a game uh, show uh so dj tanner from full house uh-huh uh room full of frat boys uh-huh just like kids court they judge they bring out women and they go meet or <laughs> not meet <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> hey man no, they, uh, it's like kids court but for full house episodes oh <laughs> what is with you with and a jury full house? with a jury effect dj is my first thing that that's comes the first thing that comes to your head you don't think about dj tanner fuck you <laughs> got inside my brain always i don't think you listen to what i say but <laughs> subliminally comes back always entertaining we hope you'll consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts check out gbg and all of our other stuff at iabdpresents.com and don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash iabd so wait, if people aren't forgetting to support them, that means they're just maliciously not supporting them. Don't forget to support us. Yeah, I, I, I remembered. I just didn't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't Jesus. think you're worth it. <laughs> but we think you're worth it, IABD. That's why we both are keep doing these commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Give us half profits, please. Hand them over. <laughs> we deserve money. Oh, uh, Jerome Wetzel got back to me. He randomly messages me on Twitter when we'd say something in the ads. Uh -huh. And he said, we do do December shows. <laughs> and I said, oh. I had to think, what the fuck was I talking about nine weeks ago when I recorded this Christ episode? Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I remembered like, they don't do a show. It's Christmas. December's Christmas month. But they do do December shows. So go out. In defiance of God's will. <laughs> That's what they always say. They all shake their fists at God at the first part of the Christmas show, mm -hmm. and then they go ahead and do their thing. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time of the show when we spin that gigantic wheel. It gets bigger every time. <laughs> it does. How do you keep doing that? Taking up most of my basement at this point. Go home. Uh, so with go <laughs> home, we haven't done this one in a long time. I don't remember anything Describe about it. Describe where the narrator lives. 
Ooh, this is interesting because she changes. Yeah, let's describe all three houses. Okay, so her home in the suburbs at the beginning, the cult leader's home, and then her home at the end of the song. Correct. Okay, cool. So at the beginning, um, I see, I mean, this is kind of like picket fence, white picket fence, manicured lawn. Like it's, it's yeah. too idyllic because she's a free spirit. And so like, she looks out at her like fucking like little lawn with her like picket fence mm-hmm. and you know. I, I feel like they live in a starter home. Uh, oh, okay. Like maybe like a, maybe like a split level yeah, or like a, like a that. ranch or something. For some reason, she, I feel like to me, she lived in a home that you would see in a, uh, 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 an ad for erectile dysfunction or something <laughs> like it's it's so perfect to seem uh-huh. fucked up you know what I mean and I think she looks okay. out and she's like man this sucks this is this is too and do you think Billy is like an Billy's older than her and already like an maybe. established you know what I feel like maybe she used to be like a bad girl in in college maybe she was like a rebel and now mm-hmm. she's like living a life that she never thought she'd live Fuck, this song is my partner. Okay, <laughs> I hate this. Um, Mine too. Uh-oh, we're holding them back, buddy. Um, are we holding them back or are we keeping them from flying away? Damn, are they kites or are they birds? <laughs> There's only one way to find them out. Find out. Cut them Let them go. <laughs> Cut them open. Jesus Christ. So in any case, yes, this is this is a, a pleasant suburban home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then she leaves, she runs away, she goes on the road, she takes her bug out bag and her couple thousand bucks that she had socked away. Right. And she lives in, Gosh, is this like, I'm trying to think if this is like a, cause it's like an offshoot Christian cult. Okay. You I'm think imagining. so? Yeah. So I'm imagining the place, like I imagine these, like when you think of cults, you imagine like something out in the fucking woods. Sure. Right? But cults flourish in like urban settings too. I mean, we've sure. got, we've got one here in Columbus. Yeah, we do. Big old boy. Yeah. So I'm thinking like this is sort of like a, a Christian cult that's sort of an offshoot of some fringe Protestantism. Okay, all right. So I see her living in like a um, like a, a, a multi-purpose room basically. Okay, okay. Like there's just like bunks on the wall, and there's like <laughs> half a dozen like people in the same room. But sure. she like like I mean obviously the le- Russ the leader guy has a uh, yes. uh, has his own room. It's immaculately clean all right. the time, spotless. Right. Everyone is forced to wear not forced. They yes. want to wear. I wonder if it's like, have you ever seen uh, The Leftovers? No. Oh, uh, the cult in The Leftovers. They all wear white. Uh, okay. Well, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I see her in like a button down or like a uh, a conservative skirt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. But this is more about where she lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So I like could... that, that shitty, like, un that shitty carpet on the ground that's just like multi-purpose room carpet yeah it's yeah. kind of rough yeah you wouldn't want to like roll around on that no posters on the walls no ornamentation right. of any kind except for like little pictures of the leader sure then she runs away she's at sea we don't have to describe the houseboat she's on but <laughs> she settles down with the narrator yes and now she lives they Dave, don't have much money david pepper who david pepper is his name okay she settles down with david pepper <laughs> And um, see now, I feel like it's a starter home. I feel like it's a it's like an apartment or like a walk up or something. <gasps> this song is the prequel to the old apartment. That checks out. Yeah, yeah. I mean it could be. Yeah. Uh, because after she breaks up with him, he gets pissed off and is like, "Why'd you run away?" Or she Why'd doesn't. You... They like live in a, ha- a house now. But they break up eventually because she's still doing the baby seat thing to herself, right? She's still saying like, "You can't live your life in the baby seat." 
You get like she's she settled down again. She worked, and I know that you think that she's like accepting her life, yeah. but I think she's just or, telling I mean, herself. Like maybe it's like talking to herself, saying like I don't need no man, sort of thing. Maybe like, like because she goes from man to man to man, right? Yeah. Or partner to partner to partner, sure. whoever they happen to be. So I think that like it's her sort of pep talking herself, saying like you know, I can do this on my own. Yeah. I don't need like someone to maybe look after me or look at me or anything yeah. like that. I picture, I don't know why I can't get this image out of my head, but I picture their house like uh, uh, in Wet Hot American Summer uh-huh. when they all go into town and the last scene of that when they're all like shooting heroin in that yes. like dingy fucking hallway of an apartment. Yeah. That's the apartment that these guys live in. Um, go watch Wet Hot American Summer if you've never seen it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, okay. Um, I guess that's where she <laughs> lives. Suburban house, cult, compound, Apartment with dingy apartment with David Pepper. Yes, dingy apartment with David Pepper. Very good, excellent. All right, now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our little boys. If you want to send us an email, you can always do so at it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. This is an email from Luke, my son. Yes, um, Luke says. If someone were to develop a BNL-themed dating sim, which song's narrators would you like included as a route, and which one would you pursue in your first playthrough? Bonus points, name the game. Okay, so this sucks because (laughs) all the BNL narrators are pieces of shit. Not all of them. You're right. A lot of them are. Um, So... Um, Who are the most fun and terrifying? Narr- so is this a comedy? Ga- it's got to be a comedy game, right? I mean, kind I of think a jokey, like a dream, kind- a dream daddy sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think it's. Yeah, maybe like dream, but dream daddy's not really jokey. I mean, but it's 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 tongue in cheek, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think maybe it's more like a hot to full boyfriend, where it's very serious but can be like. On its face, goof. That's the pigeon dating sim. I don't know if you know it, nope. but okay, you you date pigeons. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but it's a very serious game, right? Uh, so I think in a lot of dating sims, we have like tropes of characters, right? You have like the handsome one, and you have the aloof one. Yeah. So and... like, obviously, like the narrator from Never Enough, Never Never is Enough, like the rich guy, yes. the rich asshole. Yes. And your your path with him is like, can you make him into a good person? Can you save him sort okay, of thing? Okay, I like that's that. A, that's a codependency in there too. Sure. And also you'll be a kept person. Yes. Oh, I like that. Okay, so that might be a route that I would take. That I, you would take that? Uh, yeah, you get to be a, a, a made man, <laughs> a kept person, a which kept, is kind uh, of like a made man. <laughs> like a house boy. Uh, a house boy. Um. I think maybe the the narrator from Same Thing is like the dreamy, like head in the clouds sort of like uh, hippie. Like the, yeah, no, he's just like the guy who works at the fucking Jamba Juice that you stop at every morning. <laughs> hey, like, bro, he's got the dreadlocks. The yeah, yeah. white dude with McDreadlocks. Um, yeah. So the game else? would start with you in line with like six or seven other people. Okay. And those are all those are all the people that they're the so it's a all the people you could follow. Okay. Excellent. Um yeah, I like that. Okay, so so we're kind of okay, we're in it with these. And then people. on the fucking wall, of course, like Annabelle from the Conjuring movie series is Venganza oh, staring, Vengonzo. staring oh, fucking sh- daggers at you. Is Venganza one of the characters? You have to you find can... you have to find a way to bring him to life. That's the he's sec- the secret secret route. Yeah. Yes, he's the, he's absolutely. the Easter egg character. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. So Venganza's the secret route. Yeah, yeah. Venganza, a very uh caring lover. Yeah, yeah. So I wanna I wanna Okay, 
jump reset for a second um the the story begins with you getting a uh letter in the mail uh-huh. from your deceased aunt okay aunt okay uh so Sandra Pevingsley, rich, incredibly rich. She's left all her money to you Mm -hmm. and her mansion under one condition Mm -hmm. that you not live in sin. Okay, so you You have have to to marry. You have to marry. You have to have a. Can you be single? You have to be a partner. Okay, you have to have a partner in nine days. Okay, or as we call it, one One week. week. (laughs) Sure, absolutely. Yes. So Sandra, because that's when the that's when the money will defer to. I don't know the zoo. Sure, Sandra Peppers. tries to hook you up with and so these are so how do you get hooked up with these these men well you're just like you're in a fucking hurry so you're just trying to like look around like okay maybe uh the jamba juice is hosting a dating (laughs) okay sure 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 um who would be the handsome one out of like the conventionally sell 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 maybe He's an actor. Yeah, he's like a failed actor. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm pulling a lot from Maroon since that's uh, where we I feel are. Like, I feel like King of Bedside Manor could uh, get, oh. a little, get a little bit of like Gray Fox going there. The sexy. Yeah. yeah. So you got sexy, hippie, hot. Or it's like a. Um, so these are like people who sort of they may or whether you tell them you're the heir to a heiress or heir to a fortune sure. will will also figure into it but that's might be one of the reasons why you want to date the rich guy sure. because his money isn't his motivator what do you think there's a uh a pathetic figure that like maybe it's represented by alcohol it's a bnl song there's a million but they're all pathetic sure but like he's truly like wow i could this money could really help him if i married him and like we could get him in a good like clinic yeah clinic yeah some sort of methadone clinic for alcohol man um 12-step program yeah a 12-step program not a methadone clinic um yeah anybody who else uh, so let's let's do let's do seven dateable characters and then a secret character so we have the secret character and then our dateable characters are same thing sell 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 never do anything um king of bedside manor king of bedside manor alcohol so we need two more narrators oh geez this is a pretty oh yeah well i mean it's a big game i mean it's this most dating sims are sort of uh that big what do you think brian wilson himself is just (laughs) one of the characters i think he makes a like he makes a cameo okay he might write the like the intro song okay good but he's not dateable sure um I just don't have a list of bare naked lady the, song titles in front I, of me I like do. you do. The window washer from when I fall. But what he's already happily, he's happily married. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like these. You don't want to lure anybody. Well, you don't, don't break you, up any homes here. Why don't you just give me a, a a dating sim trope, like or a trope in in a what about the uh, like, what about thing? the hooker with the heart of gold? Oh, that's um that's call me calmly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Call me calmly is absolutely one of the okay. So hooker with the heart yeah, of gold. That's your uh. So it's you could do the uh, um. If I don't find anyone, I can always call them sure. calmly. But throughout the, they've they've been giving you dating advice and stuff like that through the whole thing. So you're so you sure. can, you can pursue that sort of. And then because it's a probably a, an alien or something. Yeah. Oh, Ballad of Gordon. That could be mm-hmm. interesting. But I feel like that's like conventional Japanese dating sims. Like there's got to be like a a sort of like best friend big brother sort of figure that you can date. So who which bare naked narrator is like a a big brother like a you're my pal like light up my room okay that's possible yeah so he's like a he's like a guy who um you were friends with as kids but he moved away and he's back sure. in town now yeah sort of thing. okay i like he that. always looked after you when you were a little kid yeah little gibbs little, gibbs. <laughs> little kimmy gibbler gibbs. um little yeah. mad gibbs <laughs> yeah okay so which one would you go for first 
which one would I go for first? I mean, I feel like dating sims aren't kind of my thing, so I'd probably try and get Venganzo because that's going to be the most interesting. I feel like, like most... you're like walking around trying to like get the seventeen yeah. uh, ghost hidden pixels, yeah, that you have to click. Seventeen, um, I wouldn't like that either. No, but, and most times the secret character you have to do all the other routes first and f- see uh, the whole story so okay. that you can unlock the secret route, right? Yeah. I don't. Why do I know so much about dating sims? I feel bad that I know this much about you dating feel sims. Bad. <laughs> um, you- played dating sense i think i would go after god that's a tough one i think i might go after king of bedside manor first i think that would be a fun because he's a fun character so yeah. he'd probably be funny interesting route yeah um, i mean a lot of good stories yeah yeah oh certainly yeah um he's got that zaddy vibe to him i yeah. think that would be an interesting take he's got his own house yeah uh, yeah absolutely but oh no he doesn't even live there anymore doesn't even live there anymore that's why he's trying to live with you because he got kicked he's homeless he's, now he's gonna move right in <laughs> yeah uh, okay so yours is vengonzo and mine is the king of bedside manor <laughs> which is perfect for us of sure course. i think that's probably true and he said for bonus points what's the name of this game that's I mean, a tougher it's one it's gonna be one week one week is the name of the game oh because you have one, one week to you do have it. nine days sure sure or would it be like love in one week or would it be like uh, no it has to be like a japanese title so it would be like uh Doki Doki heartbeat for one week or something like P- Pika Pika Doki Doki one week heartbeat. <laughs> that's the full title. I feel like that's an anti-choice bill. <laughs> yeah, everybody's everybody is is it has a very strong pro-life message <laughs> yes. to the whole thing. Well, that's oh just, my god! If you're really weird that like. I was like having a good date with the king of bedside manor and then like well, the waiter just told me a lot about how how like life begins at conception. I was killing a lot of unborn their blood was on my hands. Yeah. It was weird. weird. Yeah. And I said like, like I had to go past those like protesters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well All right. thank you, Luke. Thank you, Luke. Evbo. We did it. That's the end of the episode. You can get with us on Facebook. It's all been done to better good ladies podcast. You can get with us on Twitter at been done pod. You can play the musical notes that summon us. Yes. You can leave us a review on iTunes. iTunes reviews are always appreciated. If we had one to read today, we would. Thank you. But we don't. For not leaving us uh, any We reviews. have 35 iTunes reviews. So? Now. People are really kind to us. It yeah. is incredible. One, and tell you what, somebody got with us on Twitter and they're like, they read my review today on the podcast. And I was well, that's so, nice. So pleased. It was Manda Panda Bear 1992. Manda Panda 92. I want to go back to 92. I want to go back to 92. Um, Evbo. Yeah. What do you got going on this week? What are you plugging? Uh, wait, wait, training. Oh, <laughs> you're bulking up. You want other people to weight train? Is that what you're plugging? Or you're plugging yourself weight training? Both. Mm. Never have, never have anything too heavy. <laughs> That's what I always say. say. You know me. Make it heavier. If I'm like, make it heavier. Make, make it me heavier. Yeah. Oh. Getting that titanium bone lacing. There's easier ways to be heavier than to lift weights. Ice cream. I want that pure muscle. Really? I want to be 0% muscle. I was so pleased. We helped our friend move, yes, two days ago. And he said, I was trying to think of beefy boys I know. And I thought about Saker. And yeah, I said, And you've been pounding that stew feel- all morning. Pounding <laughs> that stew. On the hottest day of the year, eating a nice, be- <laughs> nice thick beef stew. It's true. You know it's me. Crusty bread. Um, I have a plug this week, a boy. You do? Yeah, my stupid band has a new CD out. Hey. I know. I like that to, CD. Pay what you want. So go to. 
the number two, the letter D, the number six, 2d6music.bandcamp.com. Uh, or you can go to 2d6music.com. You can get to it from there. Yeah. Uh, and our CD is pay what you want. So pay a zero, pay us a dollar, pay us whatever. Again, the first track samples one week by Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> uh, that's because of this podcast. Uh, I'm in too deep. <laughs> um, that's all I have, Ebbo. This is where it ends. This is where it ends. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one week. week.